Come on and lift up holy hands. Come on in this house. Come on, lift up holy hands in this house this morning. He's worthy. Come on, I can feel the tangible presence of the Lord in this place this morning. Come on, James 4, 8 says, draw nigh to God and he'll draw nigh to you. So I want to encourage you to take a step of faith this morning. Lift your hands, open your heart and say, God, I'm going to seek you with all that I have today. This song always reminds me of, of the prodigal son. And, and you know the story. When the, when the son came to his senses and he came home, the father was sitting there waiting on him, looking for him. And when he saw him from afar, is what the scripture says, he ran to him. He grabbed him. And you, you got to remember the story. The young man, he began to say, Father, forgive me, I've sinned against you. And I said, and the father stopped him right there and said, Hold that thought right there. You are my son. Here's a robe. Cover, I want to cover up your sins. Here's a ring. You're part of the family. And we're going to throw a party because my son is back with me. And God sees you the same way today. God sees you the same way today. I don't know where you're at. But I want to tell you, if you run to the Father, He'll come to you. Come on and give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Meet us here, Lord. Meet us here, Lord. Worthy are you, Lord. Come on, one more time. Can you lift holy hands? Can you open your mouth? I don't want to legislate your praise this morning, but I want to encourage you. To open your mouth and let the meditations of your heart begin to flow. Say, I don't know what to say. Say, I love you, Jesus. That's all it takes. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, we worship you. We honor you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. Lord, our city needs you God our county needs you Lord our state needs you Lord our country needs you Lord the world needs you Lord when we don't know where to turn Lord we know we can turn to you Lord we trust you we honor you we praise your name hallelujah hallelujah
Come on, let's give the Lord some praise in the house. Come on, let's give him our biggest praise. Ha <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we honor you today. We thank you. Amen. You may be seated in this place. First of all, if you, I, I just want to give honor to God. Isn't God good? He is so good today. If you are a guest with us, we want to say welcome to you. Come on, church. Let's give all of our guests a hand clap this morning. It is an honor to have you. We, at this moment, we're going to dismiss all of the Kids Rock kids. That's ages 18 months all the way to sixth grade. I'm going to get this right. Now, if you don't know, this is only my third week here, so I'm, I'm still figuring this out. So we're going to dismiss our kids. Can we give our kids a hand clap? Amen. And we like that rumble of those kids going to class. Amen. You guys look good today. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, it is good to see you today. Look at your neighbor on the other side, the one that you don't like as much because you didn't go to them first, and say, it's good to see you too. <laughs> we are thrilled to have you today. It's so good to see you. We have I want to give a little explanation of, of what's going on this morning. Um, if, you're, if, you're, if it's your first time here, today uh, is a special day uh, for, for me and also for the church. We are doing an installation service uh, today. We'll be doing that a little bit later and uh, installing me as your, your pastor. So it'll be official after today. So... Awesome. So, uh, anyways, uh, I just want to say it, it is so good to see everybody. We'll give give you a little bit of instructions on on what to do. That I want to say, I am. There's so many visitors with us today. Uh, uh, just some some great people here, and I'm going to uh, first of all, I want to give honor to our bishops Rick and Rhonda Helton. They are here, and let's give them a hand. And also our, our secretary for the Indiana Pentecostal Church of God, they're both, they're both leaders in that, uh, uh, Brother Williams and Sister help. Brenda. I was going to say that, but I was afraid I was wrong. So, but anyways, let's give them a hand clap. <laughs> I also, uh, I want to give honor real fast to uh, people that if they were not uh, here or if they had not existed, I wouldn't be here today. I want to give honor to my mom and my dad all the way from the state of Missouri visiting us today to be here, to be a part. And I'm going to do something. I didn't ask him to do this, but I'm going to ask my father to come up here real fast and just greet you. He's looking at me like, what in the world are you doing right now? And I'm going to have him greet you real fast for just a few seconds. I've been a pro over the years of catching people off guard, and I, I'm sure this is why he did this. And he came to my church and uh, said, Dad, uh, play a song. I said, what are you going to sing? He said, you'll catch on, because I did that to him so many times, you know. What are you gonna, he'd, he'd ask me, what are you going to play? And I'd say, oh, you'll get it. I'll just start singing, you'll catch on. It is great to be here. And uh, we've been staying out at Camp Incognito in something. Y'all know where I'm talking about. 
In, in Dakota, all right, something like that. But uh, anyway, it's great uh, to be here and great to be in the presence of the Lord. I feel I feel Lord all over this place, and uh, I just appreciate this day. I'm telling you, I have already been blessed in my heart and uh, so thankful for that. It's great to have my lovely wife with me, and uh, she is my very best friend. I love her so much. I, I remember when I asked her to marry me, I called her on the phone said, Will you marry me? She said, My goodness, yes, who is this? <laughs> no, 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 it didn't really happen that way. I, I, I feel the presence of God. How many feels God in the house? Amen. God bless you. As you can see, the apple didn't fall far from the tree. Uh, I wanted to do that. I wanted to give honor to them because they are... Uh, they, they laid a very strong foundation in me um, as a young man, and I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for them, both physically and spiritually, and uh, I want to give honor to them because uh, what you see today is a product of prayer and fasting and patience, and, uh, and so I just want to give honor to them. Can you give them a hand clap? We're playing a little mic uh, swapping right now. So I, this is the anointed mic, so they give me this mic. Um, did you hear that? Did you hear the tone drop a little bit? Praise the Lord, everybody. All right. Uh, I, we've been talking the last couple of weeks that I've been here. Uh, I just felt like that God was just uh, leading us. Uh, when I came here, he gave me a word, and we talked about... Uh, the first week I was here about the children of Israel crossing the Jordan River. Uh, we know the story of how Moses had led the children of Israel out of Egypt and how they were free from bondage and they went into the wilderness and for 40 years they wandered in the wilderness and, uh, and uh, basically they had messed up greatly in the wilderness and God said that generation shall not see the promised land. And how many remember that story? And then so when they all died out finally, because God is a man of his word, and when they all died, boy, that's, that was a stark, that's, that's a revelation, right? When they all died out, they uh, quickly uh, moved on, and, and, and Joshua came in to, uh, to be the leader of the nation, and he didn't waste any time. He said, God has promised us something, and we are going to step right into the promised land, and by the grace of God and by, by obedience and by submitting to God, they walked right across the dry land of the Jordan River. You remember that story? And the very first thing they faced when they walked across the Jordan River was the fortified city of Jericho. We talked about that last, last week and how, how um, you remember the story, how Joshua was met by the angel of the Lord or what we call a Christophany or wh who I, what I believe he actually saw Jesus Christ because he worshipped him, and angels don't allow you to worship him. But he fell, and remember Joshua, he faced him, and he said, hey, are you our friend? Are you a foe? Right? You remember that? And he answered like God would, and he said, no. Neither one. And he just said no, so there was not a clear answer, and uh, he told him what they would need to do to to basically take the city of Jericho. We left off last week that how not to pout but to shout through our situations, amen, and uh, how God had given them a sit the city. And I want to talk, I just want to pick up on that. And I believe that uh, the book of Joshua is, is about being spirit-led, amen. 
I really do believe that because I, I believe that to go where you've never been, you're going to have to follow the leading of the Spirit of the Lord. You can't do it in your own power, right? And we have to learn to trust God. So I don't want to take too much time today, but uh, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be Joshua chapter 8 today. Joshua chapter 8. And if you don't have it, it'll be on the screen. If you have your phone, that's great. If you have your Bible, that's even better. If you have your Bible, hold it up. You say, why? Why is, why is having a physical Bible better than my phone? Because I don't have to charge that thing, and it's always there, and I can, I can read it at any time. Amen? All right. Joshua chapter 8. We're going to be at verse 18 and in this scripture here. When you got it, say, I got it. All right, good. And this is what it says, Joshua 8, uh, 18, it says this. It says, then the Lord said to Joshua, point the spear in your hand toward Ai, for I will hand the town over to you. Joshua did as he was commanded. And then if you will go with me down to verse 26, it says this. For Joshua kept holding out his spear until everyone who had lived in Ai was completely destroyed. Crazy. Those two verses. Verse 18 says this. Then the Lord said to Joshua, point the spear in your hand toward Ai, for I will hand, hand the town over to you. Joshua did as he was commanded. And in verse 26 it says, for Joshua kept holding out his spear until everyone who had lived in Ai was completely destroyed. Let's pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for this day. God, I pray, Lord, that you would just send your anointing this morning. Lord, that you would cover me under your grace. Lord, that your, your word would go forth and not mine. God, use this vessel how you see fit. God, bless these uh, lips of clay this morning, and God will give you the praise and the glory. And everyone said, amen. How many know the, the president, uh, Franklin Roosevelt? And you guys, some of you don't know him personally. If you did, I'm glad you're still here. All right. Uh, Franklin uh, Roosevelt uh, was the president who served up, to, he served four terms. You, you guys know that in history. He's the only president that ever did that. And it has been said that Franklin D. Roosevelt was tired of this typical small talk and flattery he received when meeting with an uh, adoring guest at various White House receptions. I'm sure after four terms, people coming and going, it, it kind of gets a little bit mundane, that, you know, how they have to go through uh, the formal things. But anyways... FDR was, was certain that guests really weren't listening to what he had to say. So at one particular event, President Roosevelt decided he would make the exact same comment to each guest to see in, if, in fact, they were truly listening to what he was saying. And as the guests arrived and shook the president's hand, he smiled politely and said in jovial tones, I murdered my grandmother this morning. And as Roosevelt expected, the guests simply gushed and paid the president a compliment and moved along. That's so great. Have you ever talked to someone and then you said something and they said something that was totally not what you were saying? You're like, you did not hear. My wife does that to me all the time. TJ, you did not hear what I just said to you. Right? I'm guilty of that. And it's easy to think that the president found this both, the interchange both amusing and also a little bit sad, Right? As, as the last of the guests were coming through, a foreign diplomat shook Ro Roosevelt's hand and heard the president say, I murdered my grandmother this morning. The diplomat stopped for a moment, and then he replied, I'm sure she had it coming, sir. 
I want to talk to you today on the simple uh, uh, ideal of this. Raise your spear. Everyone say, raise your spear. Raise your spear. And I want to talk to, the, to you on this, this, this very uh, thing is prayer. And if you're going to live the spirit-led life, you're going to have to learn how to pray. Amen? The Bible tells us to pray without ceasing. I don't know about you, but if you know what that word ceasing means, don't stop. Right? And so prayers. But I, 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 I found out in my life as I've grown in God that sometimes we just we pray repetitiously. Kind of like the president's guest. We, we, we say mindless chatter. We say things, oftentimes we say things that we don't even really mean in conversation, right? That, that, that's happened to all of us. Uh, what about this? Uh, religious repetition? Maybe lazy liturgy? Right? Are things, uh, and can I tell you this? Those things sometimes we just fall, we fall victim of. But can I tell you that the Lord is really not interested in a non-heartfelt prayer? That's, that's the truth. That's the truth. So often our prayers are, are these things, and we often pray passionless prayers that don't move God. They don't even move us. Right? We've all been there. And, but James 5, 16 tells, tells us this. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Amen? So we know this, and it says this. Fervent basically means this. Displaying passion have you ever walked into a room and you saw someone praying and you knew they were praying not just just doing mindless repetition but they were actually seeking the face of God you know the difference when you walk in you're just like whoo I like what's happening up there and then you want to you want to be a part I like this the message says it like this the prayers of a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with So I like that verse, the, the effective, and you know, look at that. It goes, the effective is what the first part of that verse says, the effective, comma. That means it's going to be effective when we have passion in our prayers. That doesn't mean that we just, you know, act like we have passion. Anybody ever did that? It's like you're trying to root your team on when they're losing. Come on, guys, we can do this. We're down by 77 points, right? Not that kind of passion, but I'm talking about true pa- passion, but People who prayed with passion. Let's look at this. Let's look at a list of people who prayed with passion. How about Abraham? The only man who ever uh, called out in Scripture to be called God's friend, right? How amazing is that? I don't know about you, but I want to be called God's friend. But here he is, and he is praying with the Lord. And you guys know the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. And his nephew Lot is there in Sodom and Gomorrah. And he says this, Lord, surely you won't judge this city if there are 50 righteous his fleece out to the Lord and the Lord says no he says what about 45 no what about 40 and he keeps going 30 20 10 he knew that there wasn't that many people that were righteous in Sodom right he's like I'm, just, I'm gonna start in the middle he's kind of like car salesman I'm gonna start in the middle and try to get you up here or whatever so there he is, and so he's, he's there, and Abraham pulled this. He's, he pulled a Monty Hall on God. Hey, let's make a deal, Lord. If there's this many, God, will you spare the city? 
And he did that. That's pretty amazing. What about Jacob, Abraham's grandson? You know, that he's known as the trickster or the deceiver. And he says, and, and, and Jacob's mentality was, I'm going to trick my way into a blessing always. That's how he was. That's what he was. He said, I'll make things happen on my own. Anyone ever done that in the house? Have you ever, have you ever lived that? I do that. You, in our own power, God, I'm going to make this happen for me. Right? I'm going to get that job. I'm going to call them every day until they get sick of me, until they hire me, right? Am I the only one? Okay, all right. But he made things happen, and he, and he did this. And you remember the story when he was wrestling. That mentality came back to bless him because when he was wrestling with the Lord that day, he said, I am not going to let go of you until you bless me. And you remember, he, he WWE'd right there with the Lord all night long until the Lord said, okay, enough's enough. And he hit him on the hip, right? And you remember, he walked away a little bit differently. We don't know what that is, but let me tell you, when you've had an encounter with the Lord, a passionate encounter with the Lord, you're going to get up and you're going to walk away differently. Do you believe that in the house this morning? Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Here's another moment right here. Moses, he's up. Chilling with the Lord. You're like, what? Chilling with the Lord? Yeah, he's just up resting with the Lord on the mountain. And Israel, you know, while he, they were up there and they were meeting in that moment, Israel's down making an idol. And the Lord saw that and, and they began worshiping the idol. And you know what happens when the cat's away, the mice will play, right? So the leader's gone and he's up with the Lord and they're down there and they're, they're moving into sin. Exodus 32 tells us that what God says, he says this, let me wipe them out. He's talking to Moses. I want to wipe them out. I'm done with this. I'm done with these people. But Moses steps in with passion and says, hey, hey, Lord, I know you are mad right now. But if you kill these people, Egypt will call you and they'll remember you as the God who delivered the people and then killed the people in the desert. I don't know about you. That takes a lot of passion to, to talk to the Lord like that, right? Not to mention, you kind of made a promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and that they would have many descendants. And I don't want you to be a liar, Lord, right? So what does God do? He changes his mind because Moses stepped into the gap for the people of Israel that day. Here's another story. How about Elijah who, who in a drought and a dead land prayed not one, not two times, not three times, but seven times. Scripture tells us that he put his head between his knees. And if you think about that, I, I love that, that picture of, of him. You know, he's just laying there, and he's got his, 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 his head between his knees. And when you think about that, back in those times, that is the birthing position. You get where I'm going now. And sometimes you might have to put your head between your knees, spiritually speaking, and begin to pray, pray, pray. Pray until that thing is birthed out of you that God has placed in your heart. Amen? Amen. Look at, here's another one. How about Elisha, the great prophet? He, he warned Joash of the Syrians and the threatening kingdom. And he said this, take the arrows and smite them on the ground. And this will be symbolic of God's deliverance for you. Now, let me ask you this. I'm going to stop right there. If your prayer was symbolic to how God has brought you out, how symbolic would it be? I know, I'm stepping on my own toes there, okay? It's all right. But what does Joash do? He hits the ground three times. Psh, 
because he didn't move in passion but in apathy. And because of this, he only got a partial breakthrough. Sounds like us in our prayer lives, right? Lord, three taps, five minutes. Whew, now I got to go do whatever, right? No passion, no desire, just apathy or indifference. And God, can I tell you this? God intends a greater victory, but oftentimes it's us who lack the passion to move on it. Amen? So I want to talk to you about this. Here's, here's my first point right here is this. It's simply this, that pain brings passion. Pain brings passion. Everyone say that. Everyone look at your neighbor that you like and say, pain brings passion. C.S. Lewis said this, and I love this quote. He said, God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks to us in our uh, conscience, but shouts in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. You know, when everything's going good, oftentimes we neglect to pray. Amen. Am I being real here? And everything's going and it's okay. But the moment one thing goes wrong, oh God, you've got to get here right now. God, you've got to help us out. Right? And, and, that's the, and I believe that God oftentimes allows things to happen. You say, oh, the God, God would allow things to happen. If it draws you closer to him, God will allow things to happen in your life. Amen. And pain and passion, let me tell you, they oftentimes walk hand in hand. And I just laid out some great examples for you of people in Scripture, in the Old Testament, that, that they had pain, but they also had passion, and they are the pillars. Some of them are the pillars of the Old Testament. You say, oh, TJ, that's the Old Testament. I live in the new covenant of God. God wouldn't allow pain on me. Really, tell me about the martyrs of the church in the book of Acts. Tell me about the people who have given their life to spread the gospel in other foreign countries. It blows my mind. So I'm curious to know how much more pain that Christians have to hear and how Christians have to bear before we finally begin to pray with passion again. Right? We can sit around and talk about how bad and how tragic the world is, but that doesn't really get us anywhere. When's the last time you prayed about it? Well, I don't like these elections, and I don't like this, 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 this. Pray about it. Whew. Right? Amen. Maybe you've been there. Tragedy speaks to us in, in unique ways, and maybe you've been there, and maybe this is the case. Maybe you've lost a loved one, and it felt like, it felt like the, your world was falling apart. Maybe you've been through a divorce. And it just felt like your world was falling apart. And there was so much pain. Maybe you lost a job. Maybe you were diagnosed with a chronic illness. Can I tell you that those things, listen to this. Romans 8.28 tells us this. And we know that God causes what? Everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are what? Called according to, not my purpose, his purpose for them. Can I tell you this? Whatever pain you may be feeling, you may be dealing with, God is working it in your favor. 
I heard the analogy when I was a young man, and, and I'm probably going to botch this because I'm not a cook. But I know this. To make biscuits, it takes flour, right? Someone help me out. Who's, where, some of my bakers help me. Biscuits, it takes flour. Someone help me out. What is it? Someone help me out. Baking powder. And what else? Salt. Anything else? Milk. Okay. All right. There's probably different biscuit recipes here. So we know at least it takes three things, right? Yeast. I think that's bread, if I'm not mistaken, but maybe I'm wrong. Anyways, we'll argue about this after church. All right. But listen. So biscuits, flour, salt, and baking powder. Okay, let's just say those three components. Those three things work together really well. But I don't remember the last time I went into the kitchen and I grabbed the salt and I just got a nice spoonful of salt and just put it in my mouth and chewed on it. Anybody did that lately? Didn't think so. And I don't remember the last time I went and I got a scoop of flour and just went. <sighs> I'd probably cough and choke and have a dough just all over my throat, right? And I don't remember the last time I, I've never done this. I went and got baking powder and just decided to eat. Don't do that. But those three things coming together make something great. Let me tell you why. Because every time you go to the Cracker Barrel, they say, you want biscuits or cornbread? I'll take biscuits. They work together. And God is working all things together for the good of them who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Not your purpose. Now, that's important to know. It's not your purpose, not your plan. It's his plan. Amen? That's where that surrender comes in. It says, God, I'm going to trust you with what I have right now. And I believe that you're going to work this because I lost my job right now. That you're going to work this together. And, Lord, there's going to be a better job for me down the road. Amen? So look at this. Pain brings back passion. Look at this. Joshua was, to was told by God. And you guys know the story. After Jericho, God told them, hey, don't take these certain things, you can take certain things from Jericho, but there's certain things you need to just leave behind, right? And in that, in that mess, there was a family, and you guys know, know the man. His name is Aiken. The very first Sunday school I ever taught, I think when I was uh, maybe 10 years old, they let me teach Sunday school. My Sunday school teacher let me teach. I taught on this subject, so I know it very well. I'm very versed in this, okay? And it was Achan, and Achan, he took some of the spoils of Jericho. He saw it there, and he, he, his temptation just got him. And he took it, and he hid it. So look at this. Joshua was, was told by God, I've given you Ai into your hands. Now take your spirit, hold it up. Now look at this. When they went to Ai, and if you know anything about this town, it's so small it has two initials. It was a blip in the... Springfield, Springville looked like a metropolis compared to Ai, okay? And here's what we know. It literally means a heap or a dump. It, that's, that's the literal meaning of Ai. That is what it was. I guess if you were from Ai, you're like, I'm from the dump. And after... Seeing God do the miraculous, the very first thing they faced was a very fortified city. God gave them the city, and they saw what they saw was a dump or was a heap in the middle of the road. This will be a blip. This will be easy. This is nothing. Matter of fact, Joshua said, we're going to send 3,000 men, and we're going to take care of this. 
And you guys remember the story as they attacked the city. The, the men from Ai, they were roused and they, they came out and, and they, they sent Israel packing. It's amazing to me. Only 3,000 men. And listen to this. Look at this. A nation, listen to this. A nation lost a battle to a town. Think about that. Imagine if the nation of France lost a battle to Springville. To put it into perspective, right? What should have been easy was devastating, right? And you, you remember the story. After that, Joshua, he's perplexed. He's like, what is going on? And what does he do? I love this about Joshua. This is one of the, the, one of the great traits that I see in him. When something goes wrong, he does the right thing. He falls to his knees, and he begins to ask God, God, help me out. Lord, you promised us a victory. God, and now there are dead bodies around us, and Lord, we need answers. What's going on? God tells Joshua, he says this, get up. The problem, sin. Whew. Man, I wish God would just speak to me like that sometimes. Right? Get up. The problem is sin. And you say, well, that's not very fair. How did Joshua know that, that Achan and his family had stolen and had taken things? But listen, this is where Joshua messed up as a leader. He neglected to pray before he went into battle. Well, when they crossed the Jordan River, remember, he prayed. He asked God what to do. Before they went into Jericho, remember, he prayed and he asked God what to do. When he saw Ai, hey, this is a dump, this is a heap, let's just move forward. Can I tell you, oftentimes, this is us. We get through a big trial in our life. God does something amazing for us. And then the little thing gets in front of us and we're like, oh, I think I can handle this. And then it ends up sending us packing back with our tail between our legs. And we're walking away and saying, God, I do not understand where I messed up. See, if Joshua would have prayed and sought God, he would have known that there, that there was sin in the ranks of his people there, right? Because I believe God, I mean, obviously when he finally did kneel down before the Lord and he, God said, get up, there's sin in the house. He told him right away, amen? But look. Notice Joshua found himself this. He found himself in pain. And it's funny to me how pain leads us to call on the name of the Lord. Have you ever smashed your thumb when you were using a hammer? You said, thank you, Jesus. Right? But have you ever seen someone, maybe, maybe you've, you've come up on a car accident or you've saw something tragic happen and you see something and you see people there and maybe they're just, they don't know what to say. They just say, God help me, God, God help me, God help me, God help me, right? Because pain always makes us call upon the name of the Lord. God help me. Pain leads to passion. And if you're walking in a season of pain, let me tell you something. Don't let it go to waste. Just ask God to help you find out what that passion did that he wants out of you. Amen. After dealing with sin and the pain of Achan and his family, you can go back in Joshua chapter 7 and read that story. I don't want to dwell on that. But there's, there's something important in that story that we do need to know, though, is this. You know, repentance catches God's eyes. And when we repent and when you have failed, you know what? God will move. But listen to this. So after after 
seeing that Joshua got his passion back after he prayed and after he dealt with the sin of Achan, the scripture tells us that he held his spear up and he began to point it at Ai. Can I tell you something? We need to, as a church and as a nation and as a people, people of God, we need to stand up and we need to start pointing our prayers at the things that we want to overcome. Literally. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. You say, oh, where did he learn this? Yeah, I tell you where he learned this, from his great leader before him, Moses. I want you to think back to this, and you guys know this story. You go back 40 years earlier, the Israelites, they're facing the Amalekites, and Moses stood up on the mountain, you know this story, and he held the rod up, and as long as he held the rod up, he listened to what the Lord said. The Lord said, as long as you hold this rod up, I will give uh, Israel victory. And as he held it up, and his arms began to get tired, right? Sometimes in prayer, we begin to get tired. The burden seems like it's too much. And we were like, man, am I the only one carrying this right now? But you know what we do? And I love this. Aaron and her, they come along. And you know what? They are Moses' prayer partners. This is a very, very great great story and they begin to hold up his arms and they begin to help him hold that up and I can tell you this Joshua a young general down fighting on the ground saw probably turned and saw Moses up there his his leader holding up saying I'm with you I'm holding this up God's going to give you the victory we're going to get this victory and I'm leading you and so Joshua here is imitating his leader and I think we need people in the church, who be the Aaron and the Her for people, if they're going through a burden and say, "Can I pray with you about that?" Not just, "I'm," I, you know, this is this is what happens to most of us. Someone says, oh, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you this need," and they tell us that need, and we're like, "I'm gonna pray with you about this." And then what happens? Later on that week, we forget about it, right? And then when we see that person, they say, "Oh, God met my need," and we're like, "That's awesome." Like you really did pray about it and you try to take credit for it, right? But you, you totally forgot to pray about it, right? But it's amazing to me. But listen, we need people to do that. People that will stand in the gap for people that have a burden. But Joshua, in this moment, he has a spear and he says, you know what, God? I'm going to point my spear at this, this little heap, this little town that sent us running. But God, you are going to give us the victory and I'm not going to put my spear down until we have got victory over this how many know that we need to keep our prayers going until we've achieved the victory we give up way too often we get tired God this is hard but God's saying if you will point your prayers towards the thing that's in front of you I am going to give you this land come on and give the Lord a hand clap of praise Look at this. Joshua says, I'm not letting my spear down until this battle is won. And he says, I mean, think about this. He says, I can't afford this anymore. We can't afford to lose any more men. The stakes are too high. God has promised us this. I will stand here. I will prevail. And listen to this. The men ambushed the city at the sign of him holding up his spear. 
You want to see people move in the right direction? You know what the key to where the church here, where Cornerstone needs to go, is the prayer that goes forth. And that gets people moving. And they say, hey, we're going to rally behind what God is doing. And we're going to ambush the enemy. The enemy has taken a stronghold. But we're not going to allow that anymore. And we're going to come in. And we're going to take the enemy by storm. Because prayer is going to lead us into battle. Amen. He's wanting you to passionately pray and to seek him. Let me ask you a personal question. This is rhetorical. Don't answer it. When's the last time you prayed passionately before the Lord? When's the last time that you didn't just say a mindless chatter to the Lord? And I say, God, forgive me. I'm not talking about you, but I'm, I'm talking pastor up here. God, forgive me for not taking the tool of prayer as, as serious as I should. Whew. God, help me to raise my spear. Help me to point towards the, what we need to go, the direction we need to go. God, help me to point towards the things that are blocking us so we can take the promised land that you have given us. Amen. Say, I know the world's bad and I know things look terrible, but point your spear at the enemy and watch and see what God will do. Amen. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. Here's the second, second point I want to talk about is this. It's simply this. Apathy. Apathy. Apathy is simply this. A lack of interest, enthusiasm, or concern. Not a very fun word, right? If someone says, hey, you're apathetic. Did you call me pathetic? No. If you're apathetic, that means that that you lack interest or you lack enthusiasm and you lack concern. And I can't help but see and can't help but wonder at this moment with, with quarantine and the pandemic going on and, and, and all the divisiveness in the world. If God is not saying, hey church, you feel this pain? You see this pain? You see this? I am shaking you. I'm giving you a chance to lean on me. I'm giving you this moment to seek me. Amen? So what does God say about apathy and indifference? I'll tell you what God says about apathy and indifference in Revelation 3, 15 through 16. He says this, I know all, thing, all the things you do that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other. But since you are lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. God forgive us for apathy. So why does God desire passion? Because he knows that from passion comes intimacy. You know, we had a great moving the Holy Spirit during worship earlier, right? When God was doing that, and you know what that is? God is, is, is bringing intimacy to us as a people. As we seek Him, as we come close to Him, we know who He is. 
You know what? I love the word intimacy because it really can kind of break down into this. Into me, Lord, you see. When we worship and we say, hey, God, I'm just going to be an open book right now. You already know all things, so I don't know why I think I'm cool for hiding things from you. But, Lord, you already know all things. God, begin to show me what's going on in here. If it's keeping me from you, God, help me. Help me to, to get that out of my life, God, because my desire is to seek you with all that I am, God. And if it's something that's in the way, if there's an idol that I've created, if it's, if it's whatever the case, God, help it to get out of my way. So why does God desire passion? Because he knows that from passion comes intimacy, and out of intimacy, there's transformation. say oh I'm, I'm, I'm following you there a little bit out of passion comes intimacy and out of intimacy brings transformation let me give you an example out of passion in a married couple there's intimacy and out of intimacy there becomes transformation what is that transformation a little baby right and I believe that God is speaking to us, and he's saying, I want to see your passion again. I, I want to know you. If you'll let me know you, if you'll just open up your heart, I'll come in. And let me tell you something about God. He's a generous God. He will show you who he is. Say, I want to know God and all his ask him he'll he'll do it just say god i want to know you and all god will give you portions of that amen and i believe that in those moments of passion as we pray intimacy grows with the lord and out of intimacy things are birthed in us and that may mean we may have to sit like elijah with our head between our legs pray seven times before it actually happens See, Jacob, he wrestled with the Lord all night, right? And here's the thing. Jacob went into the night, named Jacob, and his name simply meant deceiver or self-sufficient. I don't know about you, but I've been self-sufficient so many times in my life. And I tried to make things happen. And oftentimes, I'm a lot like Jacob. But look at this. After he wrestled with the Lord, God changed him, he transformed him, and he named him Israel, meaning this. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Self-sufficient to Israel, which means governed by God. Whew. I don't know about you, but I want God to govern me. I don't want to be self-sufficient. I want to trust in him. I want to know him in a way like I've never known him. I'm not satisfied with where I am. God, I want to pray more. I want to know you more. God, I want to seek your face like I've never sought you before. God, bring passion back in our lives. I love Joshua here. He's just saying this. He's got his spear. And he says, I'm not going to let go of this spear until the victory is mine and I'm going to tell you this if you're praying about something pray that prayer God I'm not going to stop praying this prayer until the victory is mine 
God, I know what you've said about me. I know what your word says. And God, I'm not going to give you mindless chatter. I'm not just going to give you just broken words. God, I'm going to passionately pray and seek you because you have a promise for me, God. And I want to walk in that promise. Amen. All heads bowed and eyes closed across this building. Lord, we thank you for this day. God, we thank you for your kindness, Lord. Your kindness leads us to repentance. Lord, it's your kindness, Lord, that leads us to repentance. Holy Spirit, begin to just move up and down these aisles. God, let your presence, God, flow in this place. God, help us to be like Joshua. God, that maybe we've messed up. God, maybe we've missed it. But God, we want to be like Joshua, Lord, in the sense, Lord, that we know where to go when we mess up. So God, at this moment right here, right now, if you're here and you're under the sound of my voice, you say, TJ, I've messed up. I've messed, I've just, I, I don't know. I, my prayer life is not what it should be. I've made it more of a ritual or I've made it this or that but God and you say hey I want God to forgive me for that if you'll submit your heart and you'll begin to ask God to help you to pray with passion I believe intimacy will happen in this body and then I believe that out of that will be transformation and God will birth the things that he has called cornerstone to do and to move forward in those things amen if you're here and that's your prayer. And you say, hey, I, I, I just, I need to pray more. I want to seek the Lord more. In this house, if you're feeling that, if you feel that in your heart, the tugging of the Holy Spirit dealing with you right here, right now. Don't neglect it. Don't try to suppress it. Just shoot your hand up. All eyes closed. All, all heads bowed. No one's looking around. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So many hands going up across this building right now. So many hands going up across this building. All right dwell with me just a moment here if you're here today and I always want to give this invitation and you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you heard me talk about him and you say hey I I want to know him I want to know this God I wanted to 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 learn about knowing this 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 God who sticks closer than a brother and I, I, I want to, I just feel the, you, you feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit right where you're at. And you say, I want to know Jesus. And I want to have a relationship with Jesus. Anybody in the building, lift up your hand right now. Anybody, anybody. Come on, I'm going to wait just a moment. Just a moment. Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else? All right. Let's do this with me. Let's pray this prayer together. Lord, I ask you to forgive me. For all my sins. God, for the many times I've failed. God, for the many mistakes I've made. And I ask you, Lord, to come and be the Lord over my life. And to come in my heart and to be my Savior. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, church. Let's put our hands together and give the Lord a hand clap for this salvation this morning. Real fast, real fast. If you lifted your hand, this is what I want you to do. I want you to stand all across this building. 
I want everybody to stand across this building. Everyone, come on, stand up. If you lifted your hand and you say, hey, TJ, I, I, want, I want to increase my, my prayer life. I, I want to do that. This is what I want you to do this morning. Is I, I want you, they're going to sing this song, but I want you to lift your hands. And you could start by, by doing this in this moment of worship. You don't, while you're worshiping, you can, you can, you can pray to the Lord. But I, I want you, between you and God, obviously, if you lifted your hand, I believe that you're already saved. And I believe that God is doing a work within you. But I want you to talk to God. I want you to also do this. Prayer is a two-way street. It's me talking to God. Oftentimes I talk more to God than I listen to God. God gives you two ears and one mouth for a reason. Sometimes we just need to listen to what he's saying. Amen. So this is what I want you to do. If that's you, we're going to sing this song. I want you to lift your hands up high. And I want you to listen for the voice of God. And I want you to talk to God. And I want you to passionately seek the Lord as they sing this song this morning. Come on. Come on, I believe. Yeah. I believe. 
Come on and worship him. Come on and love on him. Come on, pray. Pray like you've never prayed before. Come on. Hallelujah, Lord. Come on now, come on. Nothing is impossible, God. Come on, point your spear. Come on, point your spear this morning in prayer. us where you want us to go. God, we submit to you 
Lord, we trust you. God, bring passion in our lives. God, bring intimacy in our hearts. God, and let transformation happen in this house. In the mighty name of Jesus. Come on and give him a hand clap of praise. Amen. Amen. You can be seated just for a moment. Uh, I'm going to ask, thank you for being patient this morning and and allowing us to do this. Um, Today, I'm going to ask our bishop, Bishop Helton, and and those to come on up at this moment. Thank you for letting us do this this day, uh, today, and it's such an honor to be here. And you want to do it down here, or you want to do it up here? Let's do it up here. How about that? We'll slide this guy back. Can someone help me with this? Let's give honor to the bishop this morning. Pastor Skiles family up here. Look at this beautiful family. We could have all you guys right in the right in the middle here. Mom and Dad come over alongside there. Amen. We'll get alongside here. What a beautiful word we just heard this morning, church. Amen. Wow, praise God. Encouraging us to reach out in prayer. And you know, with the intimacy of the Holy Spirit, He will lead your life in the ways. Just as we heard from the Lord this morning through Pastor Flynn, a beautiful word of encouragement. God is with us. Amen, church. So we're here today to do the pastor installation. And uh, it's our honor. Indiana District Pentecostal Church of God to do this for the Skiles family. They bring a deep, deep heritage. Uh, As you see that I'm getting choked up, they bring a deep heritage of pastoral ministry, but more than that, I think of just leading their families in the ways of truth and righteousness, that salvation comes to fruit amen so we're just proud to have them with us I know you guys are proud to have them as your pastors so we will without any further ado we will start forward in this pastor installation so happy mom and dad were able to travel over they're not thousands of miles away now so amen cornerstone worship center Today we rejoice in Christ because of his special care and love for his church since we have the privilege today of installing Reverend T.J. Skiles and his beautiful family to the ministry of senior pastor. Because he has accepted the call of God, we will now proceed with the installation ceremony. From its beginning, The entire New Testament church was called to proclaim the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ. 
This is done throughout the whole world as the scriptures declare. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. It soon became apparent the beginning of the church that the task that was committed to them was extremely vast and complex. Therefore, the church, under the guidance of the apostles, they instituted the distinct ministries to ensure that all the work would be done and that it would be done well. Those engaged in these ministries were to function with Christ's power, his authority, a power and authority that is rooted in obedience to the Word of God and expressed throughout our loving service. These ministers are therefore to be distinguished from the more general ones given by Christ to all believers. The office of the minister in the Word is one of those distinct ministries. Pastor, the scriptures portray that a minister's duty is in many various ways. He is a servant both of Christ and of the church. He is a steward in the household of God. He is a teacher to explain the mystery of the beautiful gospel. He is a shepherd who cares for his flock. And he is an ambassador and an herald up to his kingdom, proclaiming the message of reconciliation. The preaching of the word is one of the minister's chief tasks. Such proclamation must faithfully reflect the word of God and relate it to the needs of the listeners. Paul stressed this when he commanded, when he wrote, preach the word, be prepared, in season and out of season, correct, rebuke, and encourage. As a pastor, the minister visits the members of the congregation. He calls on the sick and suffering. He comforts those who mourn. He admonishes those who stray. gives godly advice and spiritual counsel to those in need of guidance. He holds in trust those matters confided to him in the confession and he encourages the weak. He rejoices with those who rejoice and he weeps with those who weep. Yet the minister is not called only to serve those that are already members, but also to engage and to promote the work of evangelism. As a true disciple of the master, he should show that the church exists also for the world and that the missionary task of the church forms an essential part of his calling. As a servant of Jesus Christ, 
the minister must help and encourage the people of God as they care for the hungry, the thirsty, the strangers, and even the naked and the sick. It is a call of work. The minister proclaims, explains, and applies the Holy Scripture in order to gather in and build up the beautiful church of the Lord. For this work, the minister devotes himself to the ministry of prayer, as you so gracefully encouraged us today. I believe it must be first. Joining all Christians in confession, intercession, thanksgiving, and praise. And now for the covenant questions. congregation stand please we would like for you to come in covenant agreement as you support your pastor dear congregation of cornerstone worship center do you in the name of the lord welcome pastor skiles and his family do you promise to take to heart the word of god as he proclaims it promise to pray for them and love them to share with him in the work of his ministry to encourage him in the exercise of his task and to respond to his work with obedience love and respect congregation is this if this is your answer would you say we do god helping us I could have the family step forward just a little further. Dad and mom, if you would come over here, please. His father and his mother are going to pray over them. And we encourage you to reach your hands this way as we believe in community prayer. 
go ahead, Dad and Mom, place the prayer shawl. Heavenly Father, we love you today. We are so thankful for the blessings of life. God, I pray that you would minister and let anointing flow in this pastor and the family and out of them to touch and to minister to this church. God, I pray that you give him the faith of Abraham. I pray that you give him the tenacity of Jacob. God, I pray, Lord, that you would strengthen them throughout the years. Give him the leadership of Moses and the courage of Joshua. God, I pray you give him the heart of David. Lord, let the anointing flow in and through and out to touch hearts and lives in this community. Hallelujah. God, I pray that you give him the wisdom of Solomon. Lord, let, let him receive from you all that he needs for the task that is set before him. Hallelujah. God, I pray that you give him the boldness of Peter heart of Paul the Apostle and the revelation of John. God, keep your hand upon them and strengthen them. Pray that you bless this church at this time. Thank you for the opportunity to be a part of this service. Let the Holy Spirit breathe upon this family today and upon this church today. God, let your presence be felt now. Let it be felt tomorrow and all the days to come. God, we're going to give you glory and honor. We're going to give you praise in the wonderful name of Jesus. We lift our hearts and our hands and our voices to you. We say thank you, Lord, because we feel like you have placed the right people at the right place at the right time. God, we're going to give you glory for all you do. Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Just a few closing statements. Pastor and our fellow servant of Christ, we rejoice with you on this day that after years of preparation, we all rejoice with you on this day as you begin the work in Cornerstone Worship Center in the Indiana District Pentecostal Church of God May you experience much joy in the fulfilling of your call as you exercise the authority of the office that is entrusted to you. May you always remain a humble servant. I have to say that stands out to me from this young man. Humility. Look faithfully after the whole flock the old and the young, the faithful and the unfaithful, the healthy 
and the sick, the strong and the weak. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Suffer with those who suffer. Use all your talents and to the utmost of your ability, do not neglect any of your gifts. And to our dear fellow congregation and Christian friends, this is truly the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in this day. Keep your vows. Receive your minister as a gift of God. Listen to him with all respect that is due this office. Encourage him when he needs strength and pray for him daily. Anyone who receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. May you as pastor and congregation live as the bride longing for the coming of our heavenly bridegroom praying come Lord Jesus let us now give thanks and ask the Lord to help us do whatever he has promised in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord of Lords and King of Kings can we give him praise one last time Thank you so much for allowing us to do this this morning. Uh, God is good. Can I tell you just what I'm walking in right now is I've never seen the hand of God over my life like I have at, at this moment. And he keeps blowing my mind. I believe God has great plans for you. I believe God has great plans for this church. Let's get in, let's do the work, and let's change our community and change our county. Amen? Amen. I'm going to ask Brother, Brother Greg to come up. He's going to give you a few more announcements. Wow. What a day. What a morning. Hey, we just got a few announcements. First of all, if you are a guest with us today, we are honored that you have come to serve with us today. In front of you is a Connect card. If you could fill that out and turn it into our Welcome Center, we have got a gift just for you. We want to get to know you, and we want you to trust that what you felt this morning, we will feel every Sunday morning as we come together. We thank you for tithing and offering. We've got four ways that we're going to give. We're not going to pass the cup. We've got the uh, buckets in the back of the sanctuary as you exit. You can put your offerings and tithings into there. Uh, you can also uh, give online. You, we've got a kiosk back in the Welcome Center you can you can give at or you can text your tithings and offerings. Uh, just a couple of quick announcements. we got mops this Tuesday at 6.30. We've got a women's Bible study Wednesday night on Zoom at 7. We've got the Ignite teams. We meet this Wednesday at 7 p.m. 
and Kid Rock drive-in service Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Church, you are dismissed.